Let's read together Judges chapter 19. Now, some people label this chapter as the most disgusting chapter in the Bible. It has to do with the gross immoral conditions that existed during the time of the Judges. Judges chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass in those days, when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite staying in the remote mountains of Ephraim. He took for himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But his concubine played the harlot against him and went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah and was there four whole months. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back, having his servant and a couple of donkeys with him. So she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the young woman saw him, he was glad to meet him. Now his father-in-law, the young woman's father, detained him, and he stayed with him three days. So they ate and drank and lodged there. Then it came to pass on the fourth day that they arose early in the morning, and he stood to depart. But the young woman's father said to his son-in-law, Refresh your heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. So they sat down, and the two of them ate and drank together. Then the young woman's father said to the man, Please be content to stay all night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man stood to depart, his father-in-law urged him. So he lodged there again. Then he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. But the young woman's father said, Please refresh your heart. So they delayed until afternoon, and both of them ate. And when the man stood to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the young woman's father, said to him, Look, the day is now drawing toward evening. Please spend the night. See, the day is coming to an end. Lodge here that your heart may be merry. Tomorrow go your way early, so that you may get home. However, the man was not willing to spend that night. So he rose and departed, and came to opposite Jebus, that is Jerusalem. With him were the two saddle donkeys, his concubine was also with him. They were near Jebus, and the day was far spent, and the servant said to his master, Come, please, and let us turn aside into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. But his master said to him, we will not turn aside here into a city of foreigners who are not of the children of Israel. We will go on to Gibeah. So he said to his servant, Come, let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed by and went their way. And the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. They turned aside there to go to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat down in the open square of the city, for no one would take them into his house to spend the night. Just then an old man came in from his work in the field at evening, who also was from the mountains of Ephraim. He was staying in Gibeah, whereas the men of the place were Benjamites. And when he raised his eyes, he saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going, and where do you come from? So he said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah toward the remote mountains of Ephraim. I am from there. I went to Bethlehem in Judah. Now I am going to the house of the Lord. But there is no one who will take me into his house. Although we have both straw and fodder for our donkeys, and bread and wine for myself, for your female servant, and for the young man who is with your servant, there is no lack of anything. And the old man said, Peace be with you. However, let all your needs be my responsibility. Only do not spend the night in the open square. So he brought him into his house and gave fodder to his donkeys, and they washed their feet and ate and drank. As they were enjoying themselves, suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. 
They spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring out the man who came to your house, that we may know him carnally. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man, do not do such a vile thing. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. When her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, Get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her onto the donkey, and the man got up and went to his place. When he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine, and divided her into twelve pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, No such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer, and speak up. Well, let's begin our study of Judges chapter 19 with some background notes. Judges chapters 17 through 21 form the last section of the book of Judges. The events in these chapters are selected by the Holy Spirit to show us how bad it was spiritually and morally during the dark days of the Judges. In Judges chapters 17 and 18, we see how low Israel had sunk spiritually. Idolatry and spiritual anarchy reigned as everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. Judges chapter 17, verse 6. And in Judges 19 through 21, we see how low Israel had sunk morally. Immorality and moral anarchy also prevailed as everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. So now we understand then why the Holy Spirit recorded these very unholy events here in Holy Scripture. It shows us the awful moral conditions existing in Israel during the time of the judges. And it doesn't take too much insight to realize that these same low moral standards exist in our own nation today. I dare say if Judges chapter 19 were to appear in our local newspapers with just a few updated terms, such as car instead of donkey, and mistress or live-in girlfriend instead of concubine, no one would doubt that such an event could happen today in our own country. Well, so much for background. What is God teaching us here, anyway, in this gross story in the Bible? Romans 15, verse 4, says that whatever things were written before were written for our learning, and that includes Judges chapter 19. And that brings us then to our doctrinal or teaching points. Doctrinal point number one, God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. You know, we've been hearing a lot these days about certain immoral acts not rising to the level of being really immoral. That's just another indication of how low the moral standards have become in our society. 
And the really sad note here is that God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. That's what we see here in Judges chapter 19. We see it in the Levite, and we see it in the men of Gibeah. What's the Levite doing with his concubine anyway? Levites were supposed to be servants of the Lord and models for the rest of Israel. In verse 19, we see that this Levite says that he's on his way to the house of the Lord, as most translations put it. This would be the tabernacle, which was at Shiloh. Think of it. A Levite on his way to the house of the Lord, probably to present a sacrifice. And yet, at the same time, involved with this woman and treating her as just so much property to be used and thrown away. God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. And we see this truth also in the homosexual men of Gibeah. The scene reminds us of when the two angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19, doesn't it? Only this is worse. The homosexuals that surrounded Lot's home were pagans. The men of Gibeah were supposed to be God's people. They were part of Israel. God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. It can happen today. Illustration. I recently read a report concerning a Christian convention. The hotel records where the convention was held showed that just as many X-rated movies were watched in the guest rooms during the time of the Christian convention as at any other time. God's people can sink to the moral level of unbelievers. Doctrinal point number two. Society's moral values are not the same as God's moral standards. Society's moral values are not the same as God's moral standards. In verses 23 and 24, we read, But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. You say, how could they do such a thing? The answer is that in that day, society's values at that time were to protect your guest, no matter what the cost, even if it meant a woman would be abused. But here's the point. These were not God's standards. This man was brainwashed by the values of society, and so was the Levite. You know, the same is true today. Society's moral values are not the same as God's moral standards. Society's values are okay when they line up with God's standards, but many times they don't. Illustration. In our society today, which is worse, to cheat on your wife or to lie under oath? Well, I think you would have to agree that to lie under oath is far worse in our secular society today. Cheating on your wife is wrong, but as long as consenting adults are involved and reconciliation can be worked out with the offended wife, no big deal. But to lie under oath, it could mean imprisonment for life or removal from high office. But now compare that with God's standards. Both cheating on your wife and lying under oath are wrong and sin, but cheating on your wife is far worse. Adultery was punishable by death, according to God's law, whereas lying under oath 
involved a much lesser penalty. Check it out in Deuteronomy chapter 19. Now, we are no longer under the Mosaic law as to penalties, but God's view of sin and his moral standards do not change. Society's moral values change depending on what's politically correct and many other factors. But God's moral standards do not change. Let's not be brainwashed with society's values, which are not standards. So let's not get confused. Get your moral standards from the Bible. Society's moral values are not the same as God's moral standards. Practical application. Remember, we don't drift into godliness. Remember, we don't drift into godliness. The terrible moral conditions during the times of the judges did not happen overnight. As the people turned away from the Lord and his laws, step by step they went downhill into ungodliness. The same can happen today in a society that has cut itself off from biblical standards. You can easily drift into ungodliness, but the reverse is not true. There's no such thing as drifting into godliness. Godliness must be maintained by a steady diet of reading God's word and lots of prayer and fellowship with the Lord's people. If you don't maintain godliness, you will drift into ungodliness. There are no exceptions to this moral law. Remember, we don't drift into godliness.